right. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're doing better than that. How's everybody doing this morning? Ah, uh, now we're talking. Now I got you're awake now. You got to be after that worship set. That was that was incredible. So good. So glad that you're here spending part of your weekend here with us at, at Skyline Church. My name is is Pastor Jeff. If we've not had a chance to meet my my wife, uh, Christy and I lead 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 this church and pastor this church and. Um, I would love for her to be able to be here uh, with us this morning, but we've had two kids. We have a two-year-old and a one-year-old who are just sick all the time, and so she's she's at home with them this morning, running around. And but so glad that you're spending part of your your weekend here with us. Really quickly, when you came in, hopefully you got a worship guide. If you didn't, um, I want to make sure that you get one because I really want you to. We're a church that believes that what we're doing right now in this moment, as we get ready to to teach it, teach God's word, that if we lean in and we engage with it, it can actually bring change to our life. So get your worship guide out so you can jot some stuff down, or you can jump into the 21st century. We have an app. You can get our app, and there's notes in there, and you can track along in there. And then at the very end of your notes, there's actually a way you can just email it to yourself, and you can just have pages of notes emailed to you from from being at church. So I just want to encourage you to engage right now in this moment for about the next 30 minutes or so to just kind of lean in into this process of what what we're doing here in, in, in the teaching of God's Word. So we kicked off the, the year last week um, with a brand new series that we're doing. It's called Uphill Habits. And so really for the month of January, what we're doing is saying, hey, how can we help shape uh, the course of our year by what I do at the very beginning of my year? Can I create some habits in my life right now that are going to make 2018 a better year than what 2017 was? And you don't have to show your hands, but I'm sure many of us in this, in this room would say, man, I, I need 2018 to be a better year than than 2017 was. So how can we we begin to do that? So this is week two of a of a four-part series that, that we're doing. And so I really believe that as I've been thinking through this and praying through it and preparing that there's, that if we'll lean in, there's some really, there's some really good stuff in here that can really change the course and the outcome uh, of our life. And so in, in a very special way, and, and we kind of kicked off, we said this last week, but we, this idea that we basically are what we repeatedly do. So the things that you do over and over and over again, the things that you repeat are eventually going to create who you are, or, or you could say it this way, is that we form habits and then our habits form us. Uh, so all the habits that you create, the things that we do, uh, those are going to eventually form you and who you are. We, you and I, we become what we repeatedly do. And so in this new year, as, as we're jumping in and just getting started, I, I don't necessarily want to start with resolutions. Uh, statistics say that people who make New Year's resolutions, only 8% of people make it out of the month of January, uh, keeping their resolutions for a new year. So Forget resolutions. Let's, let's just say for 2018, we have hopes. But we, we've all got hopes, and, and we said it this way last week, but that most of us have uphill hopes, but we have downhill habits. Uh, and so maybe we walked into 2018 and said, man, I'm going to go, I'm going to hit the gym up six days a week, even though you didn't go to the gym once in 2017. Um, you might want to just like tone, tone the days down a little bit and say, hey, maybe I'll start with two days. But, but the reality is, as many of us have hopes uh, and say, I want to be better, I want to save more money, so I have this uphill hope of, of saving money, but I've got this really bad downhill habit of, uh, I, go to, I go to Starbucks three, three times a day. Well, that habit's not going to help you save money, and so that's what ends up happening. We have all these uphill hopes, but then we have downhill habits that, that don't help us get to where we want to go, and, and I promise you, everything in your life worth doing is, is an uphill battle. 
every change that you want to see, everything you want to see for your marriage, for your spouse, your kids, your business, your work, your health, your fine, whatever it might be, all of it's uphill because it's going to take some work. The good news is that God wants to partner with you in that. He wants to help you do all of those things. We read this verse last week, but Romans chapter 12 says this. It says, look, fix your attention on God. You could just stop right there. Your day, your week, your month, your year would change if, if, if we just did that one sentence right there and say, God, I'm fixing my attention on you this day, on this week, this month, this year. God, I'm fixing my, my attention on you. And then God has this wonderful process that when we, when we fix our attention on him, he begins to do work inside of us. So scripture says you actually get changed from the inside out. And so it's different. Religion teaches you that you have to change on the outside first. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus says, hey, look, I'm going to do a work inside of you in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. And he begins to do that work. And it says readily recognize what God wants from you and then quickly respond to it. And unlike the culture around you, it's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you. And he develops this, this well-formed maturity in you. So God wants, some of us just need to believe that right now and just say, hey, I, I actually believe that God wants the best for me. God wants, to, God wants to get the best out of me and he wants to form this in me. And, and, and I just want to make a note here that I think that scripture implies that the best of us is tied to maturity in us. That's a process that God is always working. God is always working to mature us so we can get the best out of us. You, you can't be a really immature person and get the best out of you. Those two things kind of go hand in hand. That, that's what, look, that's what God wants for you. And you just have to know you're in a church that wants the same for you. This church wants the best for you. This church wants to help you discover the best in you and help, help you discover that and then help, that, help you pull that out of you so that you can live the best life that you can. And so we, we started this year, last week we started 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. This is day eight. And you know, maybe you didn't know that, you can jump in right now. You can join us for the last 14 days of, our, of, our, uh, of, of prayer and fasting. So every year we start out the year saying, hey, before we do anything else, God, we're going to seek you in a special way. So we're going to pray together. We're going to read your word together. We're going to fast. We're going to cut some stuff out of our life uh, so that we can start our year the right way. So you can jump right in. On our, on our app, there's a reading plan that you can follow. There's a prayer guide to help you do that. I would encourage you right now, even if, you've, even if you missed this past week, jump in for the next two weeks and just pray and fast with us as a church and see if it doesn't make a difference in your life. See if it doesn't change. We had a great prayer meeting here yesterday morning and the next two Saturdays, mark it on your calendar right now, the next two Saturdays from eight to nine, we're gonna meet right in this room and we're just gonna pray. We're gonna have someone to watch your kids. They can run around, work off all their energy. But for an hour, we're just gonna get together. We're gonna seek God together in a special way and ask him to do some, some amazing stuff because I'll tell you what, God has to show up. If God doesn't show up, none of this matters. All this stuff is for nothing if God doesn't show up in a very special way. So we did that, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Why do we do that? Why 21 days? What, 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 what makes us do that? Well, there's some biblical precedent for, for 21 days, but also uh, science kind of tells us that 21, you need about 21 days to start a new habit or break an old habit. So in 21 days, you could, you could start a brand new habit if you did it daily for 21 days, or you could break an old habit if you, if you stop doing it 
for 21 days. You know, for me, one of my uphill hopes every single year, it's like, man, I, I'm going to be healthier. Uh, I'm going to be healthier. But I have the downhill um, habit of uh, about 8 o'clock every night, I'm going to the pantry or the fridge to look for something sweet. Those two things don't go hand in hand. I can't have the uphill hope of being healthy and continue the downhill habit of, of just, man, there's, there's a gallon of ice cream in here. Someone's got to eat it and just pick it up and just start and eat it. And so one of the things for 21 days that I'm doing is, is I cut sweets out of my diet for 21 days. So I'm thinking, I can, break, I can break that habit. Can I just be honest with you? About 7 o'clock last night, like the urge just kind of, it's like, man, I, I was just craving, I was craving something sweet. I didn't do it, but man, it was just like, but you can feel it's a real thing. It, it takes some time to, to, to break and create new habits. Why, why are we talking about that? Because the reality is this, is that what you starve is going to die and what you feed is going to thrive. In your life, whatever you do, what you starve is going to die. And that's really what 21 days of prayer and fasting is about, is we're cutting some stuff out with the hopes that I'm going to starve that so it's going gonna, it's gonna to die in my life. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed myself God's word. I'm going to feed myself prayer. I'm going to feed myself worship. Why? So that part of me can thrive, the spiritual part, which, by the way, every single person in this room, you're, you're a spiritual person. You, you, you are not a physical person with a spirit. You are a spirit that has a physical body. And so if you'll feed your spirit person, it's going to change. You, it, it's going to begin to thrive and it's going to be, begin to grow. And so that's, that's what the point of this is for 21 days. So jump in. Be, be, be a part of it with us and, and watch it transform your week and your month and your year and your family and your relationships. It's, it's, it's going to be great. I dare you to try it. And so last week... We jumped into habit one. We talked about this idea of I need to focus on the things that I do first. How do I start my day? How do I start my week? How do I start my month? How's my year starting? And that there's power in, in the precedent of first, of my priorities. And so I dare you to go back and we're, we're going to post that message. You can listen. Hey, what, what are my firsts? What are the things that I do first? And so we're going to jump in. That's habit one. We're going to jump into habit two this weekend. And I really want you to, to kind of take very seriously what, what we're getting ready to talk about here. Because I think that if, if we'll embrace this and walk through it together and, and, and walk out of here doing it, I actually think it has profound power in, in your life. So what's habit number two? What, what uphill habit can I create in my life that's going to change my year? Uh, the, the habit we're talking about this week is this, is that I need to, I need to control my thoughts. If this year is going to be any different, if, if, if 2018 is going to be any different, if, if, if things are going to change for me, I need to begin to control my thoughts. It's, it's all about my thinking. I, I need to control my thought life. Why? Because thoughts are powerful things. And look, Scripture has a lot to say about thoughts, and, and we're going to dive into that a little bit. But I just want, I want to challenge you to think a little bit. Maybe you can do this this week. Carve out a little bit of time. Carve out 30 minutes or an hour, maybe in the morning when it's quiet, at the night when it's quiet. But if you were to go back and examine your life, and you were to look at pivotal moments in your life where things changed or things were different, I can almost guarantee you the majority of those moments would be tied to a change in your thinking and how you thought either about yourself or a circumstance or whatever it is. I can tell you, for me, one of them was up until about five, six years ago, I genuinely really struggled with me. 
I really struggled with, with my personality. I, I struggled with um, my, my leadership style. I struggled with, with, with how I am. And so I, I was constantly trying to be somebody else. I, I genuinely thought that if I was going to do the things that God called me to do, well, I needed to do them in a way that other people were doing them. Because I, I, I've never been this, you know, type A dominant personality, like out in front. You wouldn't believe it, but, but honestly, I'm an introvert. Uh, like when, when I go home on Sundays after church, I am emotionally wiped, um, and, and I just need time to recover. And, that, and, and I struggled with that for years because I, I constantly felt I needed to do things the way that other people. So I said, well, i got to talk like this person or lead like this person or make decisions like this person or, or be like that. Can I just tell you it's the most exhausting exercise in the world to try and be somebody else? Just don't do it. Like be you. And so finally, about five, six years ago, God really got a hold of me and, and, and just was able to, to turn around and say, Jeff, I made you exactly how you are. And you can do all the things I'm calling you to do exactly the way that you are. And so I was able to just kind of lean in and embrace me. And it changed. Man, it felt like a, a ton of weight was just lifted off of me. It was a pivotal moment in, in my life because I just finally said, I, I'm free to be me. I'm free to just be the person that, that God designed me to be. Yeah, I know that I don't lead like other people lead. And if you spend enough time around me, you're going to discover real, real quick that, like, man, I like gathering as much information as I possibly can. And then I like to sit and deliberate on that information for probably a lot longer than you think I should before I make a decision. That's just how I am. And a lot of people mistake that for me being indecisive. Or they say, Jeff, you're not a very passionate person because I don't get all fired up all the time. But that's okay. I'm me. But it was, a, it, was a it was a change in my life, a change in my thinking where I finally just was able to just grab a hold of who I am. And so I promise you that if, if, if you'll grab a hold of this habit and do it well, it's going to transform your life. Your life is going to be marked by this. I'll say it this way. Look, I will never change my life until I change the way that I think. Um, you're, you're, there can be no life change for you if you don't begin to change the way that you think. Life change doesn't begin in the doing. It actually begins in the thinking. If you, if you want to bring about change in your life, it, it's going to require you to, to change some of the ways that we think. I, I love this message translation of Ecclesiastes. It says this, wise thinking leads to right living. Stupid thinking <laughs> leads to wrong living. It just it leads to wrong decisions. And so many of us just, we don't think right. And because I don't control my thoughts, I let them control me. And I've just got bad thinking. And so it's leading to wrong decisions and, and wrong behavior. And it's, it's, it's setting me on a path that I don't really want to go. But if I could grab a hold of my thoughts, it would begin to make a change in my life. So here, here's what I want to do. We're going to kind of break this up into two, two little sections. I want to give us a, a little bit of theology around thoughts. What, what does Scripture have to say about my thinking, and why does it matter? And then try to give us some real practical things that we can do with it. So we're, we're going to jump in. What, what does Scripture actually teach us a little bit uh, about our thought life? Well, let's just jump right in. The first thing is this, that everything begins with a thought. Every single thing, every good decision you make, everything you do well, every bad decision you make, everything that we don't do well is fueled by a thought. Uh, sometimes that thought is wrong. Sometimes we've got bad information, but I, I started, this action started with a thought. And so if I ever try to go about changing my behavior, changing something I do without changing the thought behind it, 
the behavior's never going to change. It will never be any, any different. So here's, here's a challenge I actually heard from another pastor. And so I'm going to try and do this. And you may want to try and do it too. But he was sharing uh, with some other pastors that what, what he tries to do, um, he tries to be very cautious as to what goes into his mind the first hour of the day. Like, what, what is he taking in? What, what's, what's happening in his thoughts and in his mind the first hour of the day? Because he knows that however his day starts, it's really going to determine the course of the rest of your day. And if anybody in here has kids and your kids have been a terror getting out the door at the start of the day, you know that it just derails the rest of your day. Everybody on the road is cutting you off even though they're not really. Like, you hit every red light. Like, everything is awful. Why? Because it started with your, your kids. So he just said, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to do my best to, to just that first hour. I'm going to be very cautious as to what, what goes in my mind. And look, I know that sounds difficult. I've got two small children. I've got a two and a one-year-old who most mornings I'm up with first thing in the morning. And so it's sometimes difficult for me to, I, my day normally starts, I'm annoyed because Mickey Mouse Clubhouse is on in my house. And so my day starts annoyed, and so I have to work really, really hard to, to change course, course the rest of the day. But I'm going to try and work very hard to say, hey, what, what's going in my brain the first hour? And can I tell you what, what normally happens? What normally happens is I roll out of bed, and I turn on this thing. Oh, I got notifications. Oh, I got an email. There's a text message I missed. And so all of a sudden, I got my phone, and I'm flipping through all the apps, and I'm checking the news, and, and I read about this, and someone said this, and someone did that, and this happened, and I got, oh, my gosh, there's six emails that I need to respond to, and that's how my day starts. And I, and I haven't done anything to control what's going into my mind when my day, so I'm just going to try. I'm going to try and say, hey, for the first hour, what, what's going to go into my mind? How's my day going to start? Because I want, my, I want the, the tone of my day to be, be set. Can, can I just say, I, like... Some of us say, man, we're constantly waking up grumpy. Like, I, I wake up grumpy every single day. Well, can I just suggest to you that the reason you're waking up grumpy is because how you start your day every day? You started with news, and you started with the TV, and then you started with this, and, and the stuff that you're reading, and your Facebook feed, and, and it's just grumpy, 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 grumpy. The outlook of your day can be different by what you put into your mind when, when your day actually is beginning. So we just got to change what goes in there. Romans 12, 2 says it this way. Look, don't copy the behaviors or the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that we what? Think. God says, look, I'm going to transform you, not by your behavior, but I'm going to transform you by the way that you think, but what's going on in, in your mind. That's how God brings life change into what we're doing. So we have to understand, look, everything begins with a thought. Second thing is that like what we think, how I think is going to determine how I feel. What I think is going to have a profound impact on my emotions, uh, on, on how I feel, how I treat people. Uh, I might be waking up and I'm blaming every other person in my life. I'm blaming my spouse and my kids and my boss and the traffic and the weather and everything else for the grumpy attitude that I have when in reality what's setting the course of your emotion is how you're responding to things and how you're thinking about things. Your spouse did not ruin your day. Your kids did not ruin your day. My response to it probably tanked my day. Because how I think is going to has, has is directly going to affect how I feel. So here's here's what I want to here's what I want to challenge us to do. And you're thinking to yourself, 
what else are you possibly going to challenge us with? We're already doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. Stop asking me to do stuff. You don't have to do this. This is just a thought. But for the next week, not even a week, do five days. Do Monday through Friday. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to do the same thing to get rid of as much media as you can for the next five days. Just get rid of it. Turn it off. Turn the news off. The world will still be here. Turn your social media off. Your friends will still be around. You think, oh, but what if I get invited to like a Facebook event? Your friends will text message you. It's okay. Like if you're not. It's, so just, just turn as much media off as, as you possibly can for the next five days. Skyline Church isn't going to post a thing on social media for the next five days. We're, we're turning social media off. Why? Because I just I gotta I gotta determine what my thought life is gonna be like and what's gonna go in there. Here's the one caveat though: replace it with worship, replace it with a, a sermon, replace it with some. So on your way to work, instead of listening to sports talk radio or whatever it is, turn on some worship music. Or at eight o'clock when normally you're gonna getting ready to flip on Netflix and and binge watch something for the next three hours, don't do that with your family. Sit with your spouse and open up God's word, or listen to a podcast, or or do something else. But just change it and just see see what happens if you begin to filter what's gonna go into your mind. I mean, listen listen to this verse, Philippians four. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. So all these great things, like all the things that you can find that are great. It says, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And then look at what the promise of God's word is if we do that. It says the God of peace is going to be with you. If you'll focus your thoughts and your minds on, on things that are right and true and pure and admirable, Scripture says the outcome of that is that the God of peace is with you. Some of us walk around every week and we're discontent and we're unhappy and we're stressed and we're anxious and we're tired and we're run down and, and our week is no good. Why? Because we've been spending the whole week thinking about garbage. But Scripture says if, if I'll fix my thoughts on, on the things that are admirable, the outcome is peace. And so it's just a challenge. You can take it. Look, if you want to walk around grumbling all week because you're on media, do it. I'm not going to live that way. I'm cutting it out so that at least for the next week I can, I'm just going to think on whatever's true and noble, right, pure, lovely. Why? So that I can change, change the course of my life, change the course of, of what I'm doing. And you might be saying, like, look, there's, there's nothing. You have to understand, this idea of peace there's nothing, as the pastor of this church, there's nothing more that I want for you than for you to be able to walk in peace, than for the God of peace to be present in your life. That's, that's what I want for you. And I can't change the circumstances that you're walking through. I can't change your boss. I can't change your finances. I can't change a diagnosis. I can't change a relationship. But what I can do is I can help lead you to something that's going to give you peace in the middle of those circumstances. And so if you'll just fix your thoughts on those things, God says, look, there's going to be peace around you. Because what we think determines how we feel. And then the third thing is that is this, that our thoughts are going to determine our destiny. <coughs> Your thoughts, how you think, are going to determine your destiny in life. Where you go, where you end up, is going to be born out of 
out of our uh, out of our thoughts. I, I, I love that. I, I stole this from somebody else. I, I thought this was awesome. You can just you can kind of follow the 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 trail here as it goes. But it says this. It says if you sow a thought, you're going to reap an action. If you sow an action, you're going to reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you can reap a lifestyle. And if you sow a lifestyle, you're going to reap your destiny. And it all starts with our thought. If I, can, if I can sow that thought and turn it into an action, and that action becomes a habit, and that habit becomes my lifestyle, my lifestyle is going to lead me to the destiny that God is calling me to. I'll, I'll, I'll say it this way. You are today exactly where your thoughts have brought you. Where you are right now is exactly where your thoughts have brought you. And where you are next week is exactly where your thoughts today are going to bring you. Your thoughts matter. It shapes you. It changes you. Your emotions, how you feel, is going to determine the outcourse of your life. And you're saying, you might be thinking to yourself right now, like, man, this sounds like some self-help stuff. And I don't know what you're talking about, Jeff. This is, the Bible's going to help us out right now so that you can see that, I, that this is actually what Scripture talks about. Romans chapter 8 says it this way. It says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature are doing what? They think about sinful things. Well, I keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Well, Scripture says that if I'm dominated by it, it's probably because I've been thinking about it. My thoughts are wrapped around these things, and so I'm stuck in this, in this cycle. But it says those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, what? They're thinking about the things that please the Spirit. And so those two lifestyles, those two very different lifestyles, one that's, one that's tortured, one that's, uh, one that's constantly stuck in a place that I don't want to be, and the other lifestyle that says, look, I'm controlled by, by God's Spirit and I'm full of life, both of those things are determined by where my thoughts reside. Because Scripture says, if my thoughts are on the sinful nature, I'm just going to do the things that my sinful nature wants to do. If I'm thinking about the things of the Spirit, then my, my life becomes controlled by the Holy Spirit. And it says, it goes on to say, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. Probably not physical death, but there, there might be emotional, relational things that in your life are going to wither and die because I'm wrapped up in my sinful nature. But it says, if the Holy Spirit controls does it say your body? No, your mind. If the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there's life and peace. Our thoughts matter. I have to learn how to control my thoughts. I have to be able to do that. And so that's just some of the, that, that we're just, you know, kind of scraping the iceberg there of what Scripture has to say about our thinking and our thoughts. And so I just kind of want to set that. And then I, I want to give us some real practical things that we can do. How, how can I go about living that now? How can I actually do that? How can I control my thoughts and not my thoughts actually control me and what I'm doing? For anybody else that kind of wants a, a take-home scripture that, that we're not going to walk through, um, go read 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. That's just a little nugget. You can take that home with you and read it. But it, it okay, I'm going to cheat. I'm going to give you a little bit of it. It says that I have to take every thought captive and put it under the authority of Jesus. I have to take my, me. I have to take my, so, okay, we got to move on. That's okay. So how do I do that? How, how do I master this habit? How do, how do I, okay, say, Jeff, I get it. Thoughts are important. I want to do that. I think I should. How, how can I go about doing that? I just want to give us some real practical things that we can do so that we can walk out of here and say, hey, tomorrow's going to be different. Uh, can I just tell you, look, that, that's, always, that's always what we want here. 
by the way, I, I hope and pray that every single week you're able to walk out of here and say, tomorrow can be different because of what I, what I learned in, in God's house today. So here, here's some things. How can I master this habit? First thing, I need to find a plan to actually just control my thoughts. I, I, I need to find a plan to control what I'm thinking. You know, and, and the reality is that some of us are, are just being fed really bad thinking uh, by, by the stuff that we read, the media that we're on, the websites that we go to, the, the things that we watch, the things that we see is just feeding us really bad thinking. The way that we think about other people, the way that we think about the opposite sex, the way that we think about everything else, we're all being fed some really bad thinking. So I really just need a plan to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a plan to actually control my thoughts and, and, and what I'm going to do, make this the year, maybe make 2018 the year that, that you just don't go rogue on your own without any accountability as to what goes in your mind and to what you consume and to what you see and to what you listen to. Say, hey, you know what, I, I got to find somebody in my life who's, who's going to keep me accountable, who's going to say, hey, what have you been listening to? What have you been watching? What have you, you been reading? How, how, are you, how are you controlling your thoughts? You know, there, there's really no blank for, for this, but look, I just give you the simplest way, a, a simple plan for controlling your thoughts. You're, man, this is profound. You've never heard this before. Read your Bible. If, if you want a plan for how to control your thought life, Pick up your Bible and read it. It's going to change how you think. It's going to take all the negative things that you think. And it's going to flip them around. And it's going to it's going to begin to speak positive things in your life. It's going to begin to speak wisdom into your life. It's going to be able, begin to speak God's life for you over your His love for you, His compassion for you, His His just His unconditional love that He has. It's going to begin to look. The Bible's unlike any other book. It's unlike any other media that you're ever going to read. I'm sorry, i got to preach here for like 30 seconds. Like, it's, Scripture says that, the, that it's alive and that it's active and that it breathes and that it's living and that it's, it's something that's going to change you. Look at Hebrews chapter 4. It says the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the into dividing the soul and spirit and joint and marrow. So the book is alive. The Bible is alive and it's going to change you if you allow it to do it. It's unlike anything else. It says it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Here's an idea. Don't just read your Bible. Let your Bible read you. It's going to mess you up. It's going to change your life. All of a sudden, be like, oh, I never thought about that that way. That's the best plan I can give you for controlling your thoughts is, is to put the best thing in it that you can. And that's just, that's just God's word, just a healthy dose of God's word. So make a plan there. Second thing is that I need to find a place to think my thoughts. I, I need to find a place that I can actually think my thoughts. In other words, I'll say it this way. At, at some point in your day, at some time in your day, at some place in your day, the, the, the volume of the world has got to come down. Like you've got to find space somewhere in your day where just the volume of the world can just can just come down, even if it's for five minutes. We need to find we need to find it in our day to give room for God to speak. You see, the reality is, is that God is constantly and always wanting to speak. The reality is that most of us are too busy to turn the volume down on everything else just to hear. 
And so I, I just, I've got to create some room. I've got to create some space, a place for me to actually think my thoughts. Just the reality is this, is like, look, just have a daily conversation with God. Have a daily conversation with him. And, and look, I, I could have, I could have gotten real formal. I could have said, you need to find, you need to find time in your day to pray. That's all we're talking about when we're talking about having a daily conversation with God. It's just prayer. The reality is so, so many of us, uh, we, we, depending on how we've grown up and what we've grown up, prayer is this thing where, like, you know, I've got to use a certain language and talk a certain way and, and be a certain way and look a certain way and, and, and these and thous and, you know, the King James Version of everything, like God resides in London. Like, look, God doesn't talk that way. Uh, he, look, God doesn't want your formality. God just wants a conversation with you. He's not looking for formality. And by the way, if time is an issue, you're saying, Jeff, it's impossible. I can't do it. I can't find time. God would rather hear a sentence from you than nothing at all. God would rather hear you say, God, you know what? I don't, it's impossible for me to find time today. But I love you. Thank you. I'm going to try, try and do better tomorrow. That's it. God would rather hear that one sentence than to hear nothing at all in our conversation. And look, look at the outcome of this, by the way. Isaiah 26, you, get some about God, God will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose what? Or try again. All whose what? Thoughts. My mind, my thinking is fixed on you, and when they are, I have peace in my life because my thoughts are fixed on God. The New Testament Colossians says it this way, look, Think about the things of heaven, not just, don't just think about the things of earth. We've got to begin to think about the things of heaven. Just have a daily conversation with God. Third thing, I need to find a person who's going to, who's going to stretch my thoughts. <coughs> I need to find someone who's, who's going to stretch me, who's going to help me to think differently, who's going to say, hey, you used to think that way. That's not how we think anymore. Let me help you with that. Look, truth is, is that your life is great. When you begin to align your life with God, but the reality is, is that it wasn't intended to stop there. You'll never fully become or fully live the life that God is calling you to until you align yourself with him, but then you also align yourself with other people. When you align yourself with God and then also with godly people, it begins to transform your life. That's why scripture says it this way in two different, two different passages. It says that we confess our sins to Jesus for forgiveness. In 1 John. And then in James chapter 5, 16, it says this. We confess our sins one to another so that I can have healing. And so many of us are walking around perhaps with forgiveness from something. But because I don't have relationship with God's people, I don't walk around with any healing. Because I've never had anybody in my life that I can say, hey, you know what? I blew it this week. Can I just tell you, I, I, I messed it up. I lost it with my kids. Will you pray with me? And all of a sudden, not, not only do I have forgiveness, but now I begin to walk in healing in my life and victory in my life because I, I've, I've tied myself to, to other people. You say, Jeff, how in the world do I do that? The, the simplest thing, honestly, for us that we can help you with is just, just get into a small group. That, that's how we do it. That, that's how we as a church say, hey, get connected to other people. We, we, we have small groups for you to get connected to. In fact, we're, we're, we're getting ready to start our next semester our, next semester of groups here in a couple of weeks. Our groups run on semesters, so we have breaks every now and then. Like right now, we're in the middle of a break. We're praying together. We're coming together on Saturdays to pray with one another. But in, in, in about two weeks, we're going to launch our next semester of groups. I just want to encourage you, get into a group. 
We got groups, all the groups for different ages, groups for different uh, stages of life. We're going to have some groups that are like, hey, we work out together, or hey, we run together, uh, we knit together. I don't care, but you're going to get connected. I want you to get connected to somebody in your life who can walk with you and who can, who you can do life with. So it's going to bring change to you. Get around some people. Get around some people who are going to give you better thoughts, who are going to believe the best for you, who are going to pray over you, who are going to walk through life with you as you do that. Hebrews says it this way. In Hebrews chapter 10 says, look, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect meeting together. We need people. You need people. I need people. We need to be connected. Why? So we can encourage, encourage one another. I would just ask you a hypothetical question. Do you have a place where you walk in and you're just encouraged? They speak the best over you. They believe the best for you. That's what our small groups are for, so that you can get connected. So get connected to a small group. And by the way, you can be a small group leader. We need some small If you're like, hey, that's me. I, I, I would love to learn how to do that. We'll train you. We'll get you ready. And you can have a small group, and you can be that for somebody. If you're saying, hey, that's me. Let us know. You can jot that down in your connect card. Be like, hey, man, I, I'm interested in doing that. I, I would like to get connected to, a, to maybe leading a group. You can let us know. We, we'd love to train you and help you do that. All right, two more things, and we, we, we got to finish. Fourth thing that I have to do, how, how can I practically do this, is I need to find a purpose to land my thoughts. Now, that, that may sound a little funny, but I want you just to track with me here. I, I, I need to find a purpose to land my thoughts. The reality is the healthiest thoughts that you can have are thoughts about why in the world you're here. Why in the world you are here. Those are the best thoughts, the healthiest thoughts that you can, for you to know and say, hey, I know why I'm here. I know I have a calling. I know I have a purpose. I, I know that God is calling me to do something. Those are the healthiest thoughts that you can have. The most miserable people in the world that I know are people who have no idea what in the world they're here for. They may have all the stuff in the world. They have everything they need. Uh, they're, they're never for lack of anything. But because they have no idea what they're here for, they're the most miserable people in the world that I know. And I just want every single person, right? If you've tuned me out, just tune back in for, for, for 20 seconds, and you can tune back out. God has a purpose and a plan for your life, a plan that's bigger than you, that involves other people, that's something that you can't accomplish on your own, but God has a purpose and a plan for every single person that's sitting in this room. And the healthiest and the best thing that you can do is to discover what that is, and then as you begin to live it out, you begin to, you begin to live in peace and in joy and, and fulfillment. You're never going to walk in fulfillment until you discover what it is that God is calling you to do. Th that's why the, the, the centerpiece of what we do as a church, like the only announcement you ever hear from me is growth track. Why? Because the centerpiece of what we do as a church is we want to help you discover what it is that God's called you to do. We want to help you discover what you're passionate about, what your gifts are, what your talents are, what your God calling is in your life. And we want to help you step in to that because then you begin to walk in your purpose. Romans 12, it says that this, says this, look, don't conform to the patterns of this world. We already said this, but look, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's what happens when you do that. You'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God has a good, pleasing, and perfect will for your life. And we want to help you step into that. Jeff, how do I do that? Just attend growth track. It's real simple. It, it, it's 
it's a, it's a three-step process that we have as a church. We want to help you discover what your gifts are, what your passions are, and help you step into and empower and equip you to step into the calling of God on your life. We do it every single week, 9 o'clock, before service. We'll feed you. We'll watch your kids. We'll take care of you. But we want to help you. So just, just jump into Growth Track and say, hey, you, you know what? I, I, I'm a little bit interested in that. You know what you can do right after service? There's a next steps table. You can go right there and say, hey, I'm interested in this Growth Track thing. What, what's this all about? I'd like to learn about it. We'll, co- we'll connect you with, with the right people to, do that, to, to help you do that. Okay, last thing, number five. We've got we to gotta finish up. What, what, what do I need to do? And this, this might be the most important one. If I'm going to do all of these things, if I'm going to master this habit of controlling my thoughts, I need to find a power that's actually going to fuel my thoughts. I, I need to find strength to do those things. And, and, and I'll say it this way. Here's what I mean. When God speaks, when, when we give God room and we give God space to speak to us, God is always going to call us to do something that's bigger and greater than anything that I can do on my own. It it really, I mean, God, it's the genius of God. God calls us to something, but the reality is is that we can't do it without him. And so he always tethers our calling back to his strength and back to his health and back to his spirit. And so God is always saying, hey, I want you to do these things. Step into your calling. Step into everything I've called you to be. But by the way, I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to give you the power to do it. So I need to find uh, the, the power to fuel those things. How do I do that? The, the, last, the last thought is this. I just need to open my life to the power of his Holy Spirit. I need to open my life. I need to be open and readily available to the Spirit of God. And, and maybe depending on what your background is, maybe I, I know this sometimes gets a little iffy for people. But can I tell you that that's, that's mostly because of misuse of talking about God's spirit or uh, uh, abuse in that area. The reality is that when you read God's word, it's very clear. God over and over and over again says, I want to give you my spirit. I want to give you my strength, my power. Scripture says the same power, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. I just need to open myself up to it and say, God, I'm open to your power. I'm open to your spirit. Help me, help me to do that. Isaiah 55, 9 says this, as the heavens are higher than the earth, God says, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God has, God's thinking about you. And so many of us walk around in self-defeat, self-loathing, because we maybe believe a lie someone told us years ago believe something about ourselves that isn't true. I just want to tell you, the God of the universe thinks about you and his thoughts about you are greater than anything you could imagine. He says, look, my my thoughts are just greater than yours. Ephesians 3, 20 says this, now to him who is able, look, God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that's at work in who? In us. The power, the help, the spirit of God is readily available for you. It's not some mysterious thing. It's not, it's not only for some people. For, the spirit of God is available for you if you just open up and say, God, I'm ready. God, I'm available. 
I, I want to read something to you that uh, I, another pastor that pastors the largest church in America out, out, out in Oklahoma, he created this kind of like a, a, declar, dec, a declaration for his life that he, sa- he, he says speaks daily over his life. And he shared it with some other pastors. He shared it with other pastors and shared it with some other. So I, I kind of got my hands on it. And I, I said, man, this is, I'm going to begin to just speak this over my life daily and let it transform my thoughts and to transform my thinking so that the course of my day and my week and my month and my year, my lifestyle, my habits, my destiny can begin to shift. So I'm just going to share it with you. And then we'll, we'll, we'll close with this. But I, I just want to share with you what I'm going to begin to declare over my life daily so that my thoughts can be different and can change the, the outcourse of outcome of my life. So here's what it says. It says, Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and glorify him. I love my wife and I will lay down my life to serve her. My children will love God and serve him with their whole hearts. I will nurture, equip, train, and empower them to do more for God's kingdom than they ever imagined. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. I'm anointed, empowered, equipped, and called to reach people who are far from God. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. I wake up with purpose, direction, and meaning every day of my life. I love people and believe the best about others. I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. I am anointed, creative, innovative, and focused and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I will bring my best and then some, and it's what I bring after my best that will make the biggest difference. This world will be different and better because I served Jesus today. I am a servant of the Most High God. That's going to be what I speak over my life daily so it can begin to bring change in my thoughts and begin to bring change in my relationships and change in how I think. Let me pray for us.